Bayo, 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 Okay, welcome back to Thoughts and Tea. I am your host, Lori Lee. Uh, Before we dive into today's topic, I wanted to thank everyone who listened last week. Um, especially those who took the time to share their feedback and their thoughts on unconscious bias. Uh, I was really overwhelmed with positive vibes. I even got a couple of messages just to chat about little fires everywhere, which, you know, made my day. Um, Trying something new is always a little scary and can be, you know, nerve-wracking. So I really appreciate the warm welcome, the words of encouragement, and the constructive criticism that I've received over the last week. So so thank you all. Um, I want to start off today by wishing a very happy Mother's Day to all of the awesome mothers out there, uh, especially to our beautiful Haitian moms. Like many of you, I had not seen my parents in two months, and I could not imagine not seeing my mom on Mother's Day when she's just, you know, 20 plus miles away. So yesterday, my sister and I drove out to see my parents and to wish my mother a happy Mother's Day and and really spend some time with her. She was surprised and, you know, really happy to see us. And and I was just happy to be in her presence again and my family's presence again and have it be in person and not on screen. Uh, We tried to remain as, as safe, you know, safe as possible, sitting in the backyard six feet apart. Um, It was hard not to be able to hug and kiss each other, but I really enjoyed the time, you know, just sitting together and talking about everything was, it was just a really nice moment uh, with everything going on with COVID-19 and and trying to stay focused as much as possible and and keep to the social distancing and following all the rules. It, It was really nice to, you know, to spend some time together. And in my family, this Mother's Day was very special to us. It was my sister's first Mother's Day as a mom and my mom's first Mother's Day as a grandmother. So it was really important for us to try to be together despite everything that's going on in the world. I don't know about you all, but I think one of the hardest things during this pandemic has been being away from my family and friends. So while not being able to hug each other was tough at this point, I'll take whatever family time I can get. So it was, it was really, really sweet. And, you know, we had our typical debates and good conversation, engaging with one another. And it it was nice for us to be able to do that. So spending some time with my mom and my sister yesterday really got me thinking about the power of a mother. And I thought, you know, like how often do we actually really sit down and think about all the power that lies in motherhood? One of my favorite quotes about mothers is by Maya Angelou. And she said, to describe my mother would be to write about a hurricane in its perfect power. 
or the climbing and falling of colors in a rainbow. So imagine the kind of power that a hurricane wields. You know, we learn at a very young age that without our moms to protect us, we would be subject to all kinds of trials and tribulations. You know, when you think about it, almost every Disney princess's struggle starts with her losing her mom or it's a result of her mother's absence. And I'm big on Disney. I love Disney movies. You know, I, I watched them as a kid. I know all the songs by heart. And, and really, when you look at it from Cinderella to Snow White to Ariel to Belle to Jasmine, none of their mothers were in the picture. And it wasn't until recently that Disney actually started to tell different stories with different types of family dynamics. You know, trust me, I can spend hours dissecting the subliminal messaging that our favorite Disney classics send out to us all. I studied media in college. I wrote many essays breaking down the patriarchal undertones of these films. But for the purpose of today's conversation, it's important that I point out that it's not by accident that most of these princesses were motherless, right? It is a really, um, it's a shocking thing. And with these images on our TV, in our storybooks, we are shaped to understand what it means to have or not have a mom. And when I say mom, I'm not just talking about the mom that gives birth to you, right? A mom isn't just someone who gave birth to a child. There are so many ways to be a mother, a maternal figure to someone, a pseudo-mom, to anybody who needs it. And I purposely say anybody instead of a child, because the truth is, we all want and sometimes need that maternal nurturing throughout our lives, regardless of how old we are. I've been pretty fortunate enough to be surrounded by some really, really awesome mothers, blessed to see many examples of motherhood, which, you know, that actually reminds me of um, another one of my favorite quotes about motherhood. And this one is by uh, Felicia Rashad. And she said, there, there's all kinds of mothers. So to use the label mother and to think you really understood all that human being is, because she's a mother, is a mistake. While I'm not a mother yet, you know, in my experience with my own mother or watching my sister who was a new mom, I have profound appreciation for what it means to be a mother. When I look at my mom, um, I'm often amazed by her. You know, being a mom is a tough job no matter where you are in the world. But our Haitian moms who have raised families in a country that wasn't their own, this country wasn't their home, it's wildly different from where they grew up. You really have to be in... You start a new school, you start a new job, you walk into a party where you don't know anybody, it's not easy. It's, it's really, really difficult. You don't know what's considered acceptable or unacceptable in this space. You don't yet have any allies to talk to. 
you have to figure out how to succeed in this new place, how to build a network, how to protect yourself. What are the norms? What are the rules? Well, our moms took on that most difficult job in this new place. Being an immigrant adds a very, very thick layer of complexity to what's an already, what already is a complicated job. You know, somehow my mom, like many of your moms, made it work. She raised three very different children, each with their own set of needs and goals. She did her best to cater her approach to each of us. You know, I can remember days when I was younger where I would want something to eat, my sister would want something different, my brother wants something different, and my mom is like, okay, well, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to try to cater to everyone and accommodate what everybody wants, you know, after have, after walking in from a really long day at work, but she, she wanted to take care of us, right? Including my dad, he wanted something different too. And she, she made sure all the boxes were checked. And as a matter of fact, yesterday we were talking about what we're going to do as a family when COVID is over and we can finally all be together and have dinner. And she was like, make sure you tell me what you want. Everybody tell me what you want. I'm cooking all the things. That's who she is. And still, you know, that's, that's the picture of my mom always trying to tend to all of us. And she did that while she was trying to continue to grow into the woman she was destined to be. And that's why it's so important that we celebrate our mothers. You know, being a mother is this huge task. And nine times out of ten, our moms are one of the first people we thank when we achieve something big. We see it, you know, we see it every day. We watch the Grammys, we watch the Oscars, and people get up on stage, and I want to thank my mom. If it wasn't for my mom, you know, we're always thanking our moms because they do play this really big role in the things we are able to achieve. But for some reason, you know, I find that we are also the hardest on our moms. We expect so much from them. We want them to be perfect. We want them to do everything right. And it's, it's unrealistic, right? It's, those are really, really difficult expectations. And frankly, all those expectations are doing is adding an incredible weight to what is already a really heavy load. One of my favorite TV shows right now is This Is Us. Um, It's a family drama created by Dan Fogelman, and it airs on NBC. It started a few years ago, I think 2016, and I can't tell you (laughs) how much of a big deal it is to me. I mean, do not bother me on a Tuesday night. My Tuesday nights, when it comes on, like that is, that is my time. And there have been four seasons so far, so that means, what, 72 episodes, and I've probably cried in at least 68 of them. You know, sometimes it's tears of joy, sometimes it's just, you know, one lonely tear, other times I'm having like a real boohoo moment, and I love it. I don't know what that says about me, but I really do enjoy it. There's just something about watching you know, what is a reflection of real family struggles and triumphs that just gets to me. 
it's my my weekly guaranteed cry. I, I love to talk to my cousins about it. It's like, you know, This Is Us is coming on. I know I'm going to cry. I need it. I've had a rough week. I look forward to it. So for those of you who aren't familiar with this show, it's, it's about a unique family. The story is being told in a few different timelines. Uh, we get to see how these parents met, how they fell in love, and how they prepared for the arrival of their triplets. Um, and during labor, they, they end up losing one of the children and decide to adopt a baby that was born on the same day, but abandoned, right? And the kicker is that this baby happens to be black. And in another timeline, we get to watch the kids grow up, really idolizing their dad. He's a, a flawed man, you know, an alcoholic, but nonetheless, he is the hero of this story. Especially because, you know, in the uh, in the third timeline, he's no longer present. So, He's really like, really, really idolized. He's passed away and we're watching how his kids as adults and his wife are navigating through life without him. Uh, my favorite character on the show is, is Randall. Randall is the black son who was adopted and he has one of the best quotes, um, which is from season three. And I think it really sums up to me what the show has been about up until this point. He says... My dad was a superhero. The man literally saved my life the day I was born. And he always took action. He never sat still. He was a superhero. And then he died. And we've all been scrambling ever since. Scrambling to keep him alive however we can. Scrambling for new ways to feel close to him. I pride myself on having a piece of my dad in me. I always have. That really sums up what the show is about, is seeing this family, you know, figure out life, figure out how to be there for each other, how to love each other, how to love themselves, how to love their children in the absence of their dad. Now, I would never, you know, I'd never want to ruin the show for anyone who hasn't seen it. So I'll try to be as vague as possible. But one of the biggest storylines from this past season was about Randall, right? Randall is this all in all stand up guy, a great husband, great dad, uh, committed city councilman and great son, great brother. He's dependable, intelligent, and extremely overprotective of his mother. Throughout the show, it's been made clear that out of all the three kids, he has, you know, possibly the best relationship with his mom. He's the one who really supported her after their dad passed away. And in one of my favorite scenes, actually from season two, when asked by her other children why she dotes on him so much, the, the mom just blurts out that, you know, it was just easier with him because he was, he was, so, he was so thoughtful in his interactions with his mom, so caring. Now, I say all of that just to explain the type of character the writers made him out to be, right? While he's able to be this great, great man, he struggles with anxiety. And in this season, his wife really pushes him to finally get some professional help. So, I, you know, in my mind, 
watching all of these seasons, it's like, this is the epitome of a strong, a strong black man. And like many black men, he can't imagine himself going to therapy, you know, but eventually realizes that he needs it. And during his first few sessions, he's got this huge wall up. He's not really opening up. And, and I'm watching, you know, I'm a viewer. I'm so focused. And I'm like, just wanting him to finally have this breakthrough. And when it comes, he realizes that at his core, he believes that the reason he is on the path he's on, the reason his life took this direction is because of something his mom did or actually didn't do. It is all on her. So obviously I cried. <laughs> I cried a lot. And, but then I thought, you know, wow, that's a lot of responsibility on this woman. The entire direction of this man's life is now because of something his mom did or didn't do. And she has three kids. And so that really made me take a step back and think, you know, wow, that's the power of a mother. One act, one word, one gesture from your mom can completely shape your life. And I mean, talk about pressure. You know, I'm, I'm stressed out when I'm going into a meeting and I've got to make a presentation and deliver information and data that I know is going to be used to make a decision that's going to impact the business, just the business, not someone's whole life. That's always how a mom is feeling. She's got to walk around knowing that anything she does will impact her child. So it's interesting, you know, when we're kids, our moms can do no wrong, right? They take care of us. They love us. They nurture us. They feed us. They support us. Even as a teenager, when we're trying to find our voice, we're becoming adults. They, they may drive us crazy, but they're still everything to us. Our moms are, are at the center of our universe for a really long time. And then something happens when you hit your 20s, your 30s, and you start to realize that they are human. They are not perfect. They make mistakes. You know, we're becoming at that time more exposed to other cultures, different experiences, and we start to look back and find flaws. I wonder why my mom did this. How could she have missed that? Why didn't she do this? We start asking ourselves all of these questions, mostly because we're trying to figure out why we are the way we are, you know, how we came to think this way. And all of a sudden, we're tearing our childhoods apart, trying to get answers. Now, on some level, I do think that part of this is normal, right? It's, we're, we're at this stage. Many of us are preparing to become mothers ourselves. So it's only natural to dissect your own mom, right? That's the example that you have. There's something that my mom has repeated to me a few times. And, and she said, you know, when you're looking at an example of something, you have to take the parts that work for you and add the rest. 
So I think in a way that's what's happening. We're looking at our relationships with our mom, how she was there for us, how she supported us, the things she said, the things she did, maybe the things that she missed. And we're dissecting it all because we, we need to figure ourselves out. And if we are to bring children into this world, we, that's something we absolutely need to do. But the downside of that is that some people get so caught up in analyzing all the parts that didn't work for them or the things that they would have done differently or that they had they wished happened differently. And that becomes their whole story. That's all they see. I would never, you know, I would never downplay anyone's feelings. So to be clear, I, I'm not trying to minimize anybody's traumas. Some of us have had really difficult situation in our lives, specifically with our moms. So I'm very aware of that. But I do think that the majority of, of us are doing well, largely because of what our moms gave us. So my question today is, if you've had the privilege of being loved and cared for, by a mom for 30 plus years, why get so hung up on a mistake or mistakes that you think she made? We all make mistakes. None of us are perfect. All of our moms have had missteps along the way because they are human. They are human. They're not, they're not superheroes, right? Like they may look like superheroes because of all they do, all the different hats that they wear, but in fact, they're not. What makes a superhero is a superpower, and our moms are human. Moms are out here saving the day without any special abilities. They can't read minds, but they look at you and know when something is wrong. They can sense it. They can feel it. They can't fly, but somehow manage to show up right in time whenever we need them most. And if they catch someone trying to hurt their children, you know, <laughs> they'll turn into, into Hulk, you know, m minus the muscles and the green skin. But they're not superheroes. They are, they are women. They're just strong women, human flawed like all of us their own experiences their own challenges their own difficulties with their own mother and this you know this really strikes a chord in me because so often i see people posting things on social media you know about their haitian moms painting a completely inaccurate picture for people who may not know a haitian mom personally I see a lot of comments about moms who were too strict or who wouldn't support their kids being anything other than a doctor, a lawyer, an engineer. And yes, you know, that does happen. But not only in the Haitian community. There are strict and, and closed-minded people in every culture. That's, that's not unique to us. So many of us are dwelling in this space where... We blame our moms for the not-so-ideal traits or characteristics that we have. We blame them for the things we haven't achieved. 
or we say that we achieve certain things in spite of them. If we're being really real with ourselves, how fair is that? How fair is that? You're not in the job that you want, or you're not making as much money as you want, or you're not in the relationship you feel you deserve, and somehow that has something to do with your mom. Celebrating our moms on the stage or on social media is great and and well-deserved, but that celebration should be happening every day behind closed doors as well. And I say this for myself too. You know, of course there have been moments in my life where, where I feel something different could have been said or done. We all do. But those moments do not add up to the totality of our moms. I have watched my mom closely and not just her, all of the moms in our circle. And the one thing they all have in common is that they were all doing what they thought would give their children the best chance at happiness and success. And to me, that's, that's the crux of being a mom, right? To walk through this life with this immense responsibility and pressure of raising a child, knowing that every choice you make is going to shape or at least impact another human being, all while trying to laugh and work and pay bills and still figuring life out for themselves. That's enough to break anybody down. But somehow they just don't break, most of them. Regardless of their circumstances, they show up. I look at my cousin, who is a single mom, and she's got a village around her who offer support and are there for her and, and love her child and, you know, can participate in the activities and all the important stuff. But at the end of the day, she and only she is responsible for her daughter. And in this complicated world, she has managed to raise a beautiful young woman who is smart, she is strong, she is funny, she is compassionate, and I'm sure it wasn't an easy journey. I'm sure there are things that she wished she could have done differently. She wishes maybe this would have happened differently, but she never gave up woke up every day and said, I can do this. I will do this. I have to do this for my daughter. And she's amazing. I am in awe of her. About eight or nine years ago, I, you know, I, we were joking around about, you know, designer handbags that a few of us had and and she made a, you know, she made a, a off the hand comment about how like that's not something she can even think about because she's got she's got a child, right? She has a child and that is her number one priority. And that really made me think about all the things, you know, she's she's sacrificed. She's still somehow showing up for me. She's still coming to my events and things that are important for me and She's got a whole human being that she's responsible for. 
So I wanted to buy her something. I bought her a bag and, and I wrote her this, this note, um, just telling her how much she inspires me and the mom that I want to someday be. She's so dedicated to her daughter, you know, and, and today I was so happy this morning. First thing she actually texted me a picture of that note. She still has it all these years later. And then I look at my sister who is a new mother. And from the moment she found out she was pregnant, I could see the mother in her coming out. It was so clear. And I was, I was fortunate enough to be in the room when my niece was born. And I was just amazed. You know, like Maya Angelou said, the power of a hurricane that is now harnessed in my little sister, my best friend. I could not have imagined that she would be so capable of this. It was like all of her instincts just took over. She knew what to do. She was so focused and everything was about the safety and the health of her child. And now six months later, you know, I, I'm watching her every day do what she thinks is best for her daughter, no matter how hard it may be. And, and, and looking for silver linings in this crazy pandemic, I've had the opportunity to watch my sister closely because her and her, and her daughter, my niece, have come to stay with me for a few months because my brother-in-law is a nurse and on the front lines, you know, somebody who is, is putting himself at risk every day to help people during this crazy time. And so as parents, they made the decision that it would be best for the safety of their daughter, this newborn, you know, for, for them to come and stay with me for a little while. And it's been such an honor to watch, truly, truly an honor. You know, this is my sister. I know her inside and out. I know, you know, 99% of all the things that have happened to, her, happened to her and how they made her feel. And I understand how she thinks. But this is a whole new side of her that I'm seeing. And it came out of nowhere. It wasn't taught. It just happened naturally. And it's really been a blessing. And, I, and I'm so proud of her. I'm getting, you know, I find myself getting a little emotional, but I really am super, super proud of the kind of mother she is becoming. And I've got another example, another cousin who is a spectacular mother. She has two kids and, and one of them is adopted and she runs her own business and she is still so very present for her kids. She has unique relationships with each of them. She makes sure to devote time to share in each of their interests. And that goes back to something I said earlier. Just birthing a child is not the only way to be a mother, right? There are so many ways to be a mother to someone. And I think adoption is one of the most beautiful things that someone can do. And 
I'm in awe of her as well. You know, she is one of my examples of what it means to be a mother. And yet I can vividly remember a conversation that we had where she broke down crying to me saying that her biggest fear in life is that she isn't a good mother. And I'm like, what? (laughs) You know, do you see what I see? But I understand the fear. There is no greater responsibility than bringing a human being into this world and trying to raise them to be independent, to be kind, to be intelligent, and loving people who have integrity. There is no greater challenge. So with that, I think we're going to take a quick break. Uh, and then I'll be right back. You are listening to Radio Africa 1804. And in less than a minute, you will have the opportunity to listen to um, her favorite, I mean, the kind of obitation music that she wanted. She feels like um, it's coming up. It's coming up. I need just a minute. And that's it. It's coming. That's it. Okay. Please bear with me.
Hello? Welcome back, everybody. Uh, we are going to continue this conversation um, about the power of a mother. I I just finished watching a, um, a new show on Netflix called Never Have I Ever. And it's another great binge. Um, I watched it all in one day. Uh, it's a show created by Mindy Kaling about a first-generation Indian-American teenager. And she's got this, this nonstop back and forth you know, with her mom throughout the entire season, right? Like, and I'm watching it and I'm attributing it to just normal teenage angst. Um, But eventually we realize that, that she is upset. Uh, She's upset with her mom because of something she overheard her say in a moment when she was feeling defeated and at her wits end with her daughter. And again, in, in just kind of preparing for Mother's Day and, and preparing for today, I'm saying to myself, it's, it's almost as if we think moms aren't allowed to have a bad day. Right? H- haven't you ever said something you didn't mean because you were in a bad mood or just having a rough day? I mean, that's something we're all guilty of. Whether it's, you know, something we end up missing at work because our mind was elsewhere or something we forgot to do for our partner that was really important because we were just frustrated with something going on at work. I mean, it happens to all of us. Imagine being continuously judged or blamed for something you said in one of your most vulnerable or weakest moments. I'm a 36-year-old woman, and I'm constantly growing and trying to evolve. You know, it is true that, of course, there are things that my mom has said or done that have impacted my life and my choices. But ultimately, they are just that, my life and my choices, right? It's so common for us to say, well... So-and-so has mommy issues, or I have daddy issues, and that's why my relationships haven't been the best they could be. Maybe you have you issues, right? At, At some point, we have to take responsibility for ourselves. Take our moms out of the driver's seat, jump in there, and hold ourselves accountable. They did all they could do, and they did it to the best of their abilities. And there just comes a time when we have to take the best of what they gave us and combine it with the things we've learned about ourselves to become the best versions of us. To be at this age and still blaming the things we don't like about our lives on our parents is just lazy. Nobody has it easy. If you talk to anyone, everybody's got a story. X, Y, Z happened to me when I was this age, and since then, this is how I viewed the world. We all have it. But at some point, you have to take your life into your own hands. You have to take care of you. 
And a large part of what our moms were trying to teach us is that. They may not have had access to all the tools and all the things and, you know, that are out there, but they did it. They did it based on what they knew, what they saw, what they learned from their own moms. So, you know, you know you better than anyone, right? There isn't anybody who knows me better than I know myself. And I think the greatest gift we can give to our moms is to live our best lives. And the second best gift we can give them is understanding, true compassion. They've got the toughest job. There's another quote that I really like by Maria Shriver, and she said, having kids... You know, the responsibility of rearing good, kind, ethical, responsible human beings is the biggest job anyone can embark on. And for the better part of our lives, we we had no idea how much they were taking on. You know, we're just kids and we're eating every day and we're getting bathed every day and then we're reading books and then we're watching TV and then we're playing outside and then we're having a birthday party and all these things are just happening and we don't understand all it takes for mommy to make that happen. You know, we don't know how they did it. We don't know how it affected them. We don't know what dreams or goals They had to put aside so they could focus on us to make sure we had the best chance at finding success or finding happiness. As a woman observing motherhood, to me, it looks like a lot of sacrifice, you know, and And those teen years, when your child is a teenager, those are just days filled with you pouring love into someone who just doesn't get it, right? Like, I remember being 12 and 13, and I thought the things that were happening in my life were the biggest things in the world. Whether a boy I liked looked at me at school, whether my teacher gave me a grade I deserved on my report, those were the biggest things to me. And I had no clue what was happening all that had to happen in order to give me the space to comfortably think that all of these things were the most important things I think that being a mom is sometimes a job that can feel thankless right like when you're in the trenches of it and when you're tired and you're trying and you're doing what you can and and you're pushing through and no one is saying thank you no one is noticing and when i think of that i i, I also want to say that in terms of giving gifts i mean the same goes for all the moms out there Jill Churchill said, there's no way to be a perfect mother and a million ways to be a good one. So as a mom, I think the best gift you can give to yourself 
is also compassion. Don't be so hard on yourself. You've taken on the biggest job that there is and you are doing it. You are making things happen. And there will be days, you know, when you feel like I shouldn't have said that or I shouldn't have done that or maybe I should have handled that differently. But those are just moments. They are not the whole picture. I would venture to say you've done the best you could with what you had and you can't ask for much more than that. If you're worried about being a good mother, that means you probably are one. There isn't a book, at least not from what I've seen. There isn't a book out there that could explain motherhood in its totality. It's just too big, right? We're talking about the power of a hurricane, the magic that makes a rainbow happen. That's motherhood. There's no clear-cut way to define it. There's no way to, you know, dictate how it's supposed to be. It's different for everybody. We're all becoming moms in different ways. All of our children are different. All of the environments are different. There's just, there, there are way too many variables to fully explain motherhood. It's just not an exact science. And so when I think about, you know, myself as somebody who, uh, you know, I like to seek counsel, I like to speak to people, get advice, I think about my life, I think about my choices, and I know so many of us are doing that, especially right now because we're all indoors and, you know, there's there's no better time to be reflective and to look at your life and, and figure out where you've been and where you want to go. And while we're doing that, it's, you know, it's only, it's only natural, I think, to, to sometimes think, well, when I was little, this happened, or this is what I saw, or this is what I heard my mom say. And from that moment on, you know, I always thought this way. And, and I get it. And I'm not taking anything, I'm not taking the anything away from that, right? Like, I, I understand that piece. But I do think the part that's missing is when do you actually step in for yourself? When are, when are you responsible for where you are? That responsibility cannot continue to be on your mother's shoulders. That woman has carried the weight of the world up until this point to get you where you are, to be the kind of person that can make her own decisions, make their own choices. So at this point, you've got to step into the driver's seat. You've got to figure out why you are the way you are. And if there's something you don't like about your life, you fix it. Spending time trying to blame our mom doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help you. I, I, do think, I do think there is a benefit to understanding maybe why you made certain choices. But at this point, 
okay, well, now you understand why you made those choices. And if you don't like those choices, you can change them. You can change them. The power is also in your hands. You can't spend your whole life blaming your mom for the choices that you've made. Think about it, right? Like, a doctor spends years, years studying, taking tests, passing exams, doing all this stuff before he or she is ever in a position to have someone's life in their hands. But as a mom, there's no training. From the gate, you are responsible This baby's life is in your hands. This teenager's life is in your hands. And that is something that I think no one could ever fully explain. It's such a gift. It's it's something to just take a step back and be in awe of. And I think on some level we do get it. We 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 do get it because Mother's Day comes around and we celebrate our moms and we all post pictures of our moms and we say how much they mean to us and how important they are and how much we've learned from them. I think Mother's Day, I don't know if it's this way in the whole world, but definitely in New York City, it is the best day for the restaurant business, right? Like that's the day they look forward to and they make, you know, more money than they ever would. Because we're all trying to celebrate our moms. We're trying to take them out. We're trying to show them that we appreciate them. But then May 11th rolls around and it's no longer Mother's Day. And I'm frustrated about the situation that I'm in. And I'm saying to myself, you know, I wish my mom would have taught me differently. I wish she would have done this. I wish she would have done that. And that's the part that's not fair. And again, I'm not at all trying to minimize anybody's experience with their parent. I'm just saying that taking a step back and understanding the job your mother was doing, the responsibility she was carrying, how important it was to her for you to be happy and successful, so much so that there are so many things in her life that she would have done that she just didn't do so that she could dedicate all those resources to you. Have some compassion for that woman. Have some compassion for who she was, who she is still trying to be, because it's not easy. It's not easy. And although you may buy her the biggest bouquet of flowers on Mother's Day, you make her feel special, you cook her dinner, you know, buy her a gift, all the things that we try to do on Mother's Day to make our moms feel special. There are another 364 days in that year where we forget all that they did, all that they took on. And so I just think 
it's it's important to remember that to live in that and to celebrate them every day and that doesn't mean buying gifts every day and buying flowers every day it's something as simple as writing them a note to say how much you appreciate xyz i remember this thing that you did when i was 5 or when i was 10 or when i was 12 and the memory just came to me the other day and i just wanted to say thank you for it that is my challenge to you for this week think about something your mom did that maybe you never really took the time to thank her for or if you said thank you maybe you just said thank you maybe you didn't explain how much you appreciated that or why you appreciated that maybe we need to tell them remember that day you called me just to tell me that you love me i want to explain to you why it was so imp- why it was so perfect why it was right on time this is what i was going through that day and somehow it's like you knew that's my challenge and if your moms are no longer around do that to somebody who is a mom somebody that's next to you that you're watching you know you're watching them grow into their motherhood take the time to point out something you noticed they did for their child that was really special and you applaud them for that being a mom is truly the biggest job that there is and you don't get paid for it you know there's no special recognition for it there are no awards for it so meaningful words from your children or from people next to you who are seeing you work hard and try so hard for your kids those are the gifts that means everything so that's all i have for you today i hope you enjoyed our conversation and um getting ready for next week we're going to be talking about dating in this age of social media so if you have some thoughts about what that's like or maybe some stories or examples of what dating has been like for you with all this craziness of apps and and everything send me a note um so i can i can make sure i work it into the show thank you for listening